2024 is the year of the open door for you that believe. From a God who loves you more than you know. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into this episode because my goal is to show you my Father God in a way that most of you don't see him, to show you the great love that he has for you, the undeserving mercy he has given you, and the awesome and amazing grace that he has for you. The world, and even most who believe in him, don't see him this way. As we go into 2024, I want you to see it as a year of open doors. Moving into this year with the expectancy of good things because you know you have a God of love, a God of mercy, and a God of grace who is moving and working on your behalf. And I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'll show you from his word, the record of himself that he gave us. It's such a loving record that he gave us of himself and how he now sees us that most of those who preach his word don't see him as I'm about to show you. I have a bunch of scriptures that I'll go into as Holy Spirit leads me, but I'll start with the one that talks about the worshipers. You see, God's original intent was for all of us to be worshipers of him, but sin messed that up. When Adam and Eve first sinned, they hid from the presence of God. But since Jesus, God took care of the sin problem so man can now come into his presence and worship him. And as we worship him, We're getting the greatest benefit. God does not need our worship to be who he is, but we need to worship him to be who we were meant to be. As a matter of fact, the main thing that led up to me seeing God's love on another level was worship. Many years ago, as I started worshiping God on a higher level, he began to show me who he was and what he has truly done for us on a level I had never seen before. It took me a long time to get through religion to see clearly the awesome things that he has done in this great salvation through Jesus Christ because of the great love God has for us. If I had known this from the beginning of my walk with God, it would have spared me a lot of time in condemnation and guilt. I would have accomplished a lot more up to this point because I would not have let the devil hinder my faith with guilt and condemnation. This is the reason that Satan has hid from the body of Christ some of the truths that I'm about to talk about. He knows that guilt and condemnation will hinder your faith in God and that God has made his kingdom to operate by faith. Okay, 
Let's get started with the worshipers. I'm in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because the worshipers, once purged, should have no more conscience of sin. Now, to understand the love of God here, you need to have a little history. The law mentioned here is the Old Testament law. In the Old Testament, the high priest was the only one to have access to God's presence. Every year, he went into the presence of God with the blood of an animal. The blood was to cover the sins of the people for one year going forward. Because of the blood, God would bless them for the whole year. Not because they did good, but because their sin was covered by the blood of the animal. But this animal's blood did nothing to change them. They were not made perfect, as the scripture we just read said. And every year they were conscious of their sins because a sacrifice had to be made every year. God was not satisfied with them remembering their sins every year. So he sent his son Jesus to do something that is beyond this world's ability to understand without the help of Holy Spirit. What I'm about to say, you don't figure out. Holy Spirit has to reveal this to you. Here is what the death and blood of Jesus did. First, it did not cover our sins. Our sins were put on Jesus, and he died with them. When we received Jesus Christ, the sin that was in our spirit was completely removed. Therefore, we are to have no more conscience of sin like the people of the Old Testament had every year. There would be no further need for a sacrifice. Just like the blood of the animal in the Old Testament covered past, present, and future sins up to one year, Jesus' sacrifice was for eternity, not just up to one year. If you have received Jesus Christ, all of your sins have been paid for, past, present, and future. Hebrews 9.12 says, Jesus obtained eternal redemption for us. In other words, he paid and bought us for eternity. What a love. But Jesus' blood did not stop there. He also made us perfect in our spirit. We are just like him. Hebrews 10.14 says, by one offering, Jesus has made us perfect forever. The real you, the spirit in you, is now perfect like Jesus. But his blood did not stop there either. He made us high priests like himself, giving us access to the presence of God, when in the Old Testament, only one man was given this privilege. Listen to Hebrews chapter 7 verses 24 through 27. But this man, speaking of Jesus, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us. Did you hear that? For such a high priest became us who is holy harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who need not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Now, did you hear? I'm reading the Bible. It just said that Jesus, not our actions, Jesus, 
has made us holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Not only did he make us high priest, but he also sat down at the right hand of God and he is praying and interceding for us. How can we fail with all this? By falling for religion that has watered down the truth of what God has truly done. Everything I've said, I've given you chapter and verse. And in addition, you can go to God now if you're in Christ and he can reveal this to you if you're hungry, if you really want it. You know, I'm reminded of a a minister who he went to uh, this office to uh, talk to the staff of the guy that owned the company. And when he went to go talk to the staff, there was a lady sitting up front because she was new there. And on his way out, she was an Oriental lady. And uh, he asked her, were you in the meeting? She said, no, I'm the new kid on the block here to mind the phones. She asked, who are you? He said, I'm a minister. He said, a minister for Jesus Christ. She said, well, you're the one. You're the one. What do you mean I'm the one? She said, last night I was saying my prayers and going through all these things that I do as a Buddhist. And I stopped and said, God, this can't be you. This can't be the right way. Please reveal yourself to me. And she said right then she saw, I think he said it was like a ball of fire or something. And she heard a voice that said, tomorrow, I'm going to send you a man who's going to tell you about me. And she said, you're the man. And he was able to talk to her and led her to Jesus Christ. So my point in telling that is this, if you really want to know God and you really want to know the truth, he will reveal it unto you. These things that I'm talking about on this episode, I did not figure them out. I just began to worship God on another level and he showed me another level of himself. I'm giving you chapter and verse to back up what I'm saying. Listen to Hebrews chapter seven, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Now you gotta have some help to misunderstand that. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. What was the better hope? Jesus Christ and our spirit being changed and now made perfect. I'll read it again. I'll read the whole verse this time. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nine unto God. In other words, because of what God has done in our spirit, there is no need for us to come with condemnation. Jesus was the better hope that has given us access to the presence of God with no condemnation. So instead of running from God, as Adam and Eve did when they sinned, Jesus has paid the price for our sin so we can run and sit in daddy's lap. God is our father and he wants us in his presence. He wants us fellowshipping with him and he wants us to do it without condemnation. Listen to Romans chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now the translators added something to that verse because they could not believe that we have been set free to such a degree. They added, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. But that was not in the original writing. The only thing in the original writing was this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God has dealt with the sin issue for you. You still have sin in your body, but your body is not you. 
You are a spirit that lives in a body. But what God has placed in your spirit is far more superior than the sin and the death that is in your body. And when you truly know what God has done, you will use the power in you to lord over the desires of your body that are not in line with life and godliness. The sin and death in your body is not stronger than the life and righteousness in your spirit. Death is not stronger than the life of God. If it was, Satan would be stronger than God, and God would have never been able to raise Jesus from the dead. Life is stronger than death. You have a gift from God. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And knowing the truth will enable you to walk free. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It's a gift. You didn't earn it. Now, religion would have you to believe that if you do wrong, God will take salvation from you. What kind of giver would God be if that was true? No, this is not my father God. He so loves us and believes that if we come into the truth of what he has done, we will love him back by serving people with the same love that he has loved us with. His unselfish love is already in you and I. Listen to his love for us. I'm in Ephesians chapter 1 verses four and five, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. There it is again. It's by Jesus Christ that we've been made holy and without blame. Verse five says this, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We are now holy and without blame. We did not earn this. He has made us this. Also, he has adopted us. Now, you may have a child that came at a time when you're not planning for them, and you really didn't want a child at that time. But when you adopt a child, you wanted that child. That's what God has done for you. He has adopted you. No matter what you may think about yourself, God so highly valued you that he adopted you into his royal family and he did it by giving his son to die on your behalf. You are in his royal family now. And he did all this according to his own good pleasure. When we see God in the light of the record he has given of himself, we should want to love him back. Listen to what he said about himself. This is God's description of who he is. I'm in Exodus chapter 34, verses five through seven. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him. We're talking about Moses. He's going to show Moses, going to show him his back parts. So it says again, and the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him, with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, this is what the Lord's about to say about himself. Here's what he says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and abundant in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and trespasses and sins. And this by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Now, what's important to know is that Verse, the latter part of what I read, this was the Old Testament. And now because of Jesus Christ under the new 
Testament, we are no longer guilty. He is no longer uh, visiting the iniquities on our children's and children's children. When we come into the knowledge of Christ, this is what's available to us when we come to Christ, what he says about himself. He is the Lord. No matter what you're facing right now, no matter what's going on in your life, here's what you need to understand. Jesus is Lord of all. And then it says that he's the Lord God, which means he's, he's it. He's the only true and living God. And then here's what he says. He says, I'm merciful. I'm gracious. I'm long-suffering. I'm abundant in goodness and abundant in truth. This is God's description of himself. I'm going to believe him above religion. I'm going to believe that he's Lord of all, that he is the only true and living God, that he is merciful, that he is gracious, that he is long-suffering, and he's abundant in goodness, and he's abundant in truth. This loving God has cleansed us and bore our guilt and shame. Listen to these next verses from a man who got to know this God of ours in a way that few have. I'm in Psalms 34, verses 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Notice, not cursed is the man, but blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no one to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. It is telling us here that those that will seek the Lord will not want any good thing. King David is the one that wrote this. And he is saying here, taste and see that God is good. He tasted to the point that God took him from a shepherd to be king of his people. He came to the place of wanting nothing. Believe it or not. God wants this for you as well. Now, let's go into the last passage I'm going to cover, and this is going to further talk to us about God's love. Here's what it says. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 34. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Do you see the magnitude of what this verse is saying? This verse is telling us that if God gave his beloved son for us, what now would he withhold from us? Nothing. And it's all about understanding that the kingdom operates by faith. And that's why the devil wants you in condemnation. That's why these truths that I'm talking about here have not been brought to you, brought to you in the church because the devil has gotten leadership and he has worked a long time, thousands of years, to hide what I'm talking about on this episode. Listen to the verse again, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Do you know that when God gave his son, we were enemies of his because we had sin in our nature? If he did this when we were enemies, what do we have to look for now that we're in the kingdom? See, it's only religion that would have you to believe that you could disqualify yourself by some of the things that you do. When, when you being justified, you being placed in a blessed place had nothing to do with what you did. It had to do with you believing on Jesus Christ. And if you got the best gift by believing on Jesus Christ, he's telling us through this verse that why wouldn't I give you all things when you 
have believed for the best thing. Come on, think about it. Verse 33 says this, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And that's who we are. It is God that has justified us, not your actions, not what you did. Verse 34, who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. In other words, he took the penalty. He took the condemnation. He died in our place. Dare us accept any condemnation at this point because of what Jesus has done for us. Again, it says, it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation do it? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. That's how it looks. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But listen to the next verse. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38 says this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Question, is sin stronger than death? No, it isn't. So if death can't separate you from the love of God in Christ, which is what we just read, then sin of your body can't either. Nothing can separate you and I from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Don't believe a lie. God loves you. God is merciful to you, giving you time to grow in your relationship with him. His word says his mercy is everlasting and God is gracious to you, giving you what you don't deserve because he's just that good. 2024 is your year for open doors and you just have to believe. Believe your great God of love has great things in store for you. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.